2: Hello and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Sebastian Payne. The latest round of US presidential primary elections has delivered big victories for Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. So is it now all but certain that we can look forward to a Trump versus Clinton contest in November and what is going to happen in the months ahead? Joining me on the line from Washington, D.C. is our Bureau Chief, Dimitri Sarastopolou. And here in the studio, moving out from his usual moderator chair for one week only, is Gideon Rackman, the FT's Chief Foreign Affairs Commentator. Dimitri, so first, do you think Mr Trump is now going to bag the Republican nomination or is there still some doubt there whether he's going to make it without a brokered convention or something dodgy like that?
1: Trump had a very good night last night. He won the five primaries, the so-called the Sella primaries, which are named after the uh, not-so-high-speed train that runs through that region. He had margins of victory uh, of over 30 percentage points in every state. So it was a very good night for him, but it was a region where he was expected to do well. We're not going to know whether it's going to be a contested convention, really, until we get to June 7, and that's when California holds the final primary in the Republican race and has a huge number of delegates, uh, 172, for the grabs. So Trump, I would say, this morning is looking stronger than he was before yesterday, but it's still a reasonably steep climb to get the 1237 delegates you need to avoid a contested convention. One of the crucial races is going to be Indiana next week, where Ted Cruz is hoping to cut Mr. Trump off at the pass.
2: I saw the comments from Mr. Trump this morning have been saying, as far as I'm concerned, it's all over. It's all done. I am essentially the nomination now. As you said, Mr. Cruz would probably say a little bit differently. What's going to happen in terms of Mr. Cruz and Mr. Kasich going forward?
1: Kasich and Cruz have already come up with a kind of a strategic pact where Kasich will cede Indiana to Cruz, where it's a more conservative state, where Cruz has more of a natural base, So Kasich is going to basically not campaign there and cede the ground to Cruz. Uh, Cruz, on the other hand, is not going to campaign in Oregon or Washington state, more liberal states or less conservative states, where Kasich, who's a moderate governor of Ohio, would tend to do better. And their hope is that by doing that, they will maximize the chances of reducing the number of delegates that Trump can get in each state, with the end goal being that when we get to June 7, when California votes... It's going to be close one way or the other, and they're hoping that one or two or three delegates at the end of the day could make the difference. Whether their strategy works or not, we don't know. Last night in the five states in the northeast, Trump had really, really big wins. If he continues that level of support in the remaining primaries, he will probably avoid a contested convention. But again, we won't know until June 7. That's the key day in the primary season.
2: So, Gideon, you've seen Mr Trump in action in the early part of this race here, now that he is still motoring forward, if he's not quite there yet. um, Do you think this is now looking inevitable? There's going to be some kind of big schism or split within the Republican Party?
0: There'll be a split. The question is how big the split will be. There clearly are some Republicans, mainly so far in the commentator class, who've been so anti-Trump. That it's very hard for them to climb back from that. I mean, quite big names, the National Review magazine, which was one of the founders of modern Republican conservatism, other commentators like Bob Kagan and so on. Very, very few Republican senators have rallied to Trump yet. So that's the next question. I mean, will they just go into sort of mute opposition? Or will they come out and say explicitly that they can't stand him? Or will they actually come into line? It's a big strategic question for the Republican Party, which I don't think we've yet seen answered.
2: One of the big questions, I suppose, is what Donald Trump are we going to see? in the months ahead because he's changed his message quite a lot and his policy positions have shifted all over the place on various things. I think there's a certain narrative developing now that Donald Trump is becoming maybe more reasonable, maybe more workable in that sense. Can you see him moderating his appeal and moving to the supposed centre ground of American politics?
0: Well, clearly, there'll be an effort to do that. And he's flirted with that at times. After big recent primary victories, he's been less aggressive. And actually, his policies are kind of all over the map. Some of them can be seen at times as progressively liberal on questions like abortion, but then he'll suddenly flip and go to a hardline position on abortion. His economic policies are highly protectionist. He's not going to ditch that. And that is very radical in conventional terms. And he's talked recently about trying to adopt some of the economic populism of Bernie Sanders. So it's a very, very eclectic mix of policies. The Trump candidacy is as much about his personality as about what he actually is saying. And I think he will try at times to appear more presidential. The question is, I don't think he'll be able to keep it up because I think his personality is so aggressive that he's just kind of prone to these outbursts. And in a way, it's part of of his whole shtick. So I, I don't think he's going to give it up.
2: Having seen him on the campaign trail, Dimitri, do you see any change in his attitude or is it very much still the same old Trump that a lot of American voters appear to love?
1: Well, I think what he's doing now is tailoring his message in different venues. So for example, after he won the New York primary last week, I was up in Trump Tower where he spoke and it was a much more toned down speech. He talked about Senator Cruz, Governor Kasich. It was much more polite. Everyone wrote stories saying that Trump had changed, that he was going to tone down some of his more abrasive rhetoric, and he was going to be uh, more presidential. Well, the following day, I was in Pennsylvania, where he had a rally in Harrisburg, and it was all about lying Ted Cruz and crooked Hillary Clinton, and he was back to quintessential Trump. There's a push for him to be more presidential. He says that his wife, Melania, keeps saying that to him, and his daughter, Ivanka, and his new campaign advisor, Paul Manafort. But as Gideon says... You know The one thing that Trump lacks in spades is discipline, and it's hard to see him being able to rein himself in completely, particularly when, if he becomes the nominee, his rival will almost certainly be Hillary Clinton. And last night in his victory speech, he was hitting her, saying that the only card she has to play is the woman vote, and even women don't like her. So I can't see Mr. Trump holding back against Hillary Clinton. I think in some ways she will bring out the same kind of abrasive rhetoric in him that we've seen during the parliamentary campaign so far.
2: Just before we come on to um, Miss Clinton, based on that, how do you think Trump would handle a general election? Say it all goes to plan for him in California, he does hit that magic number. What would you expect to see going forward after that?
1: In recent elections, essentially, there have been roughly six swing states, including Florida and Ohio, where they determine the outcome of the election. So, for example, California has not voted Republican since Richard Nixon won. I forget the last time New York State went uh, Republican, but it's been a while. And so what Trump is saying is that because he's an unorthodox Republican candidate, because he's done so well in some of these states like Pennsylvania last night, that he can actually turn states that are considered to be blue or Democratic states into purple states. There are swing states which could be won by uh, either the Democrat or the Republican. Now, it remains unclear at this point whether he can do that, but I think certainly he would have a better chance of doing that in some of the states, for example, like Pennsylvania, based on the results last night, than would Ted Cruz. Trump will try and moderate some of his message, but again, as Gideon said, and things like his economic populism and his protectionism, these are campaign platform or some speeches that have basically propelled him to where he is today. And the danger for him is that if he pivots too much towards the centre, he will lose the voters and the enthusiasm and support that has built up and driven him to the point where we are now. It's going to be very interesting to see how Trump calculates the balance that he needs as we go ahead towards November.
2: So Gideon, the other big result from last night was lots of wins for Hillary Clinton. So if Donald Trump does make it, it looks almost certain now that she's going to be the opposing candidate. What do you make of her position in the race at the moment and her message? And is there any chance that Bernie could have some kind of remarkable comeback?
0: Everything that I've read and heard this morning suggests that something truly extraordinary would have to happen now for Sanders to get the nomination. And his people appear to be moving to almost tacitly acknowledging that. He's talking now about having the maximum impact on the democratic platform, the manifesto, rather than actually winning the nomination. I think for Hillary, there's a really interesting strategic question now ahead. On one level, running against Trump's a dream, because he is such a divisive candidate, he has such high negatives, even now, that she would uh, hope that in any kind of vaguely normal year, it should be pretty easy to win and win big rather than against a mainstream Republican who might capitalise on the normal time for a change. You know, we've had a Democrat now, let's have a Republican. The danger is that this is also clearly a strongly anti-establishment year. Trump's capitalised on that. Sanders has capitalised on that. Hillary is the epitome of the establishment. You couldn't get a more establishment candidate. And so the question is, does she rely on the fact that Trump is just going to repel so many voters that she'll win anyway? Or does she have to try to incorporate some of the populism of the Trumps and the Sanders?
2: We have seen, though, Gideon, she's pivoted her message a little bit, thanks to Bernie Sanders, on a few issues. She's been more left-wing than I imagine she would have been if she was not running against Bernie. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But that's part of the nominating process. And again, it's the same question for Trump. Generally, people run either to the left or the right, depending which party they're in, to get their nomination, and then move back towards the centre. And also, she'll have to start thinking about governing because the likelihood is, according to the bookies, that she will be the president. And so she doesn't want to make too many Sanders-like pledges about destroying the investment banks and then have to come in and apparently try and do something about that. Going back to that
2: question, Dimitri, is it mathematically still possible that Bernie could get a Democratic nomination? Where do we stand in terms of delegates? And what happens to Bernie next, in your view?
1: It's mathematically possible if he absolutely destroyed her in every contest between now and, and the middle of June. But it's it's essentially impossible. And you saw in her victory speech last night, she essentially, she didn't call herself the presumptive nominee, which Donald Trump did about himself, but she spoke as someone who had just locked up the nomination and was starting to pivot towards the general election. Bernie Sanders also gave a speech where he didn't concede and he has said he's going to stay in the race until June, until the convention, and he has the money to do that. But he did start to pivot also, suggesting that The goal for his campaign now is to try and get Hillary Clinton to take on board some of the ideas that he's been promoting during the campaign. So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see, as Gideon says, how Hillary Clinton approaches things over the next few months. I think one of the things to bear in mind is that many Democrats who are not close to the Clintons, think that she completely underestimated Bernie Sanders, and I think the results have borne that out. And they think that there's a danger that she may also underestimate Donald Trump. And while it's true that Donald Trump's negative uh, ratings, or his unfavorable ratings are very high, she also has very high unfavorable ratings. This is an amazing election in the sense that you have two candidates with the highest unfavorable ratings in, I think, history, but certainly a very, very long time, which tells you a lot about the mood in the country.
0: That is a worrying point for Americans and for those who care about the role America plays in the world. Whoever wins is going to go into the White House, not on the wave of euphoria that you saw with Barack Obama in 2008, but after a very divisive, very bitter, very extreme election, and with more than half of the country saying they don't trust them.
2: And I've just got one very last question for you both each, which is, Gideon, if it's going to be Trump versus Clinton, where would your money be? Definitely on Clinton at this stage. And Dimitri?
1: Uh, I was a trader at Citibank and I learned that predictions never come true, but I would not bet my life on Trump not winning.
2: <laughs> and that's it for this episode of World Weekly. Gideon will be back in the hosting chair next week. Thank you for listening.